Eternal Rock of Ages, we want to bless your name once again for this opportunity to meet with you. We want to thank you for the encouragement that you gave us last week concerning your peace being with us. As we proceed now to another segment of the study, I pray, Lord, that you will open up our hearts and cause us to receive understanding of your word. In Jesus' name I have prayed. Amen. Haggai chapter 2, verse 10 to 14. On the 24th day of the ninth month in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Now ask the priests concerning the law, saying, If one carries holy meat in the fold of his garment, and with the edge he touches bread or stew, wine or oil, or any food, will it become holy? Then the priests answered and said, No. And Haggai said, If one who is unclean because of a dead body touches any of these, will it be unclean? So the priests answered and said, it shall be unclean. Then Agai answered and said, So is this people, and so is this nation before me, says the Lord. And so is every work of their hands, and what they offer there is unclean. May the Lord bless the reading of his word in Jesus' name. Amen. About two months after God's message on the greater glory of the latter temple, he then turns his attention to the priests. The priests were the custodians of the law and ought to know what he was asking Haggai to ask them. It's important for me to state at this point that today, all believers in the Lord Jesus Christ are priests. We are a kingdom of priests. When Haggai gave God's message to the priests, it was in the form of a Q&A, a question and answer, bordering on purity and acceptable service unto God. In this meeting, we shall discuss this style of communication by God. And then by the grace of God, next time we shall discuss the substance of that communication. So we want to discuss God's communication style. God's communication style. In Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 to 8, God reveals four communication styles that he has. Numbers chapter 12, verse 6 to 8. Then he said, hear now my words. If there is a prophet among you, I the Lord, make myself known to him in a vision. I speak to him in a dream. Not so with my servant Moses. He is faithful in all my house. I speak with him face to face, even plainly, and not in dark sayings. And he sees the form of the Lord. Why then were you not afraid to speak against my servant Moses? God was speaking here to Miriam and Aaron, who had criticized Moses because of his Ethiopian wife. And he was telling them how he communicates with man generally, and then with Moses specifically. And he mentions four ways by which he communicates with man in these passages. The first one is by vision, which includes open vision, a trance, and so on and so forth. When God spoke to Peter concerning going to Cornelius' place, he used a vision, a trance, to communicate with Peter. When God communicates with us by vision, we still require him to explain the vision further. Then he mentions dreams. And we know that in the book of Job, by the unction of the Spirit of God, someone had written there that God speaks in different ways and including dreams. When we are sleeping, God can speak to us through dreams. Also, a dream will require explanation by God. Let me quickly note at this point that visions and dreams can also come from Satan and they can come even from our own minds. And this is why it is important that when we have a vision or a dream, we must go to God in prayer and ask him for its meaning. 
if it is not from God, God will tell us to forget it. And then God now said to them that he speaks to Moses plainly. He doesn't hide anything from Moses. He speaks to Moses the way a man speaks to his friend. And God also noted that the reason why he speaks to Moses that way is because Moses is faithful. So when a man is faithful, God will speak to him plainly. This kind of communication does not require any interpretation because it is plainly communicated. And then he inferred a fourth communication type, which is dark sayings. We can refer to this as parables or illustrations or the question and answer that we saw in Haggai. This is a method of communication that the Lord Jesus Christ used most times. In Mark chapter 4 verse 34, the Bible tells us that without a parable, Jesus did not speak to the people. And when he was alone with his disciples, he explained it to the disciples. So you see that of all these four methods of communication, the only one that does not require any explanation is the plainly speaking one. Any other one would require further explanation. The Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 2 that God speaks to us by His Spirit. He communicates the things He wants to tell us through His Holy Spirit. Because we have received the Holy Spirit, we can receive those things. The Bible tells us that the things of the Spirit are spiritually discerned and that the natural man cannot receive such things. So when Jesus was communicating with His disciples, He said to them, the reason why I speak to these people in parables is because it has been given to you to know these things. So even though God may be communicating with us through dark sayings, it is given to us to understand it if we are in the spirit. It is this method of dark sayings that God used in communicating with the priests through the prophets that we want to focus on in this meeting. By this method of communication, God would ask a question and then we will give the answer and then he will now give us the implication of that answer in our present circumstance. Or he will tell a story with a moral and expect us to connect the dots. In Numbers 12 that we read, after God had spoken to Miriam and Aaron, God struck Miriam with leprosy. When Moses pleaded with God to heal her, God said to Moses, If her father had spit in her face, would she not be ashamed seven days? And then he now said to Moses, Let her be shot out of the camp for seven days. Afterwards, she may be received again. In 2 Samuel chapter 12, God used the same approach with David after he had killed Uriah and had taken Bathsheba, Uriah's wife. God sent Nathan the prophet to come and tell David the story of a man who had a flock and yet he went to pick the, the one ewe lamb that a poor man had, slaughtered it to feed his own guest. David was angry and said, that man must pay with his life. And then Nathan said to David, but you are the man. In 1 Kings chapter 20, God had given Ben-Hadad into the hands of Ahab. But instead of Ahab to kill Ben-Hadad, Ahab allowed Ben-Hadad to go free. So God now sent a prophet to Ahab who disguised and told Ahab that they gave him somebody to take care of. But while he was busy here and there, the person escaped. Ahab now told the fellow that, but they told you to guard somebody with your life. You were busy somewhere and allowed the man to go. So you have judged yourself. The prophet now said to Ahab, that is exactly what God says I should tell you. That because I gave Ben-Hadad to you and you allowed Ben-Hadad to go, then the judgment of Ben-Hadad will come upon you. And Ahab went home sad. When Job was protesting his innocence, God came and asked Job some questions. You will read that from Job 38 to 41. 
that since you see, you know, do you know the weight of the earth and things like that? There are several other examples, but I pick one other example. In Acts chapter 9, when Saul of Tarsus was going into Damascus, the Lord Jesus Christ smote him and said, Why are you persecuting me, Saul? And Saul said, But who are you? I don't know you. I'm not persecuting you. He said, No, I am Jesus. I am the church that you are persecuting. It's my body. So the question then is, why does God speak like this? Four very quick answers. Number one, to involve us in understanding the gravity of the issue at hand. Because you see, when he asks that question and we answer and he gives the application, we now see how heavy that issue is. Secondly, he wants us to realize how he looks at the thing that we think is small. David must have thought that, well, he just got away with it and whatever, that it was not a big deal. He's the king and he sent somebody to his death and he has taken the man's wife. It's not a big deal. Until God came through Nathan and told him what he had done. And he saw that this is indeed a great crime. A third reason is to bring us to repentance. In Genesis chapter 3, when God went into the garden that evening, after Adam and Eve had sinned, he went there and said, Adam, where are you? It was not that God did not know where Adam was or that Adam was hiding. God wanted Adam to say, I have eaten of the fruit and that's why I am hiding. But instead of doing that, Adam said, I am hiding. And God had to ask him, have you eaten of the fruit? And then he began to blame his wife Eve and Eve blamed the serpent and they missed the opportunity for repentance. Finally, if a person fails to repent after God has used this method, then the only thing that is left is the judgment that must fall upon him and that conviction he will know that indeed this judgment is right because God is right in judging him. In Matthew chapter 13 verse 10 to 15, And the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For whoever has, to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear and shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of these people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Some people see an obvious wrong, but they cannot see it. They cannot understand it. They cannot say this is wrong. They think it is right. The Lord says he has to speak in parables to these people because since they cannot see what is staring them in their eyes, then he has to tell them in illustrations, in riddles, in parables, in dark sayings. Perhaps if he used an illustration, they may be able to understand the gravity of what they are doing. And if they understand the gravity, then they can confess, repent, and then he can now come and heal them. But sadly, so many people miss the essence of what it is that God is saying to them. And so, because the Bible says their eyes they have closed, their ears are dull of hearing, their hearts lack understanding, and they are lost forever. So when God was speaking to the priest through Haggai, God wanted the priest to appreciate the gravity of what God was speaking about. And when they understand the gravity, then they can make their confession and repent. And then God can now come and heal them and cleanse them and make them able to serve God acceptably. Today, you and I are the priests of God in this generation. 
So when you read the Bible and you come across questions, you come across dark sayings, you need to find out, say, Lord, what are you saying to me? When you come across those questions and answers, you will begin to realize that as you are giving answers to the questions, that God is speaking to you about you and wants you to repent. My prayer is that we will not be like the people that Jesus was speaking to, who shut their eyes, who were deaf of hearing, who lacked understanding, but that we will have open ears, open eyes, be of quick understanding and receive what God has for us and make our confessions so that God can heal us totally and completely. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you for explaining to us your communication styles, particularly the communication of dark sayings. I pray, Almighty and everlasting God, that as you speak to us in dark sayings, you will help us to be open and receptive to receive your word. So that as we receive your word, Almighty and everlasting God, we will be able to make confessions where necessary and you will come and heal us totally and completely. If there's anyone who is dull of hearing, I pray at this time, Father, that you will open their ears in Jesus' name. If there's anyone whom the God of this world has blinded, I pray, Father, that you will open those eyes in the name of Jesus. And if there's anyone who lacks understanding, as you breathe upon your disciples and you open their understanding, I pray, Father, that you will open that understanding now in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, for enlightenment in our spirit, man, so that we can indeed be of useful and acceptable service to you. In Jesus' name, I have prayed. Amen.